Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. This week on Twilight Tonic, of course, I have amazing guests, but this week I have a special co-host with me, Kathy Hahn. How are you tonight? Hi, good. Thanks for having me back, Dee. Of course, anytime. We're going to do this once a month, all the way up to your special event, which is called? It is Fort Wayne Paracon, and it's happening in downtown Fort Wayne at the Freemasons Hall, September 29th and 30th. And then tonight, me and Kathy have a wonderful man that's done wonderful things for four-legged friends. Tim Miley, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Tim, can you tell me a little bit in the audience why the paranormal and what is your background in it? Um, why the paranormal? Uh, that starts in 2006 when I bought a, a home here in Wisconsin and and I had uh, footsteps and voices and loud banging on the wall. And as a 31-year-old man, I called my mom. And, uh, <laughs> and told her, hey, I, I've got all this stuff happening. I remember my mom famously saying, well, go see what it is. <laughs> and, uh, I like and it's that. funny because um, you know, my mom's the biggest chicken in the world. Um, <clears throat> so she would never have gone and looked at it. And I didn't want to either at the time. But uh, those experiences started, you know, the... Uh, I guess the the journey into the paranormal and it really wasn't about investigating the paranormal at the time. It was, you know, for lack of a better term and not to sound dramatic, it was about surviving mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was my first time ever really dealing with it and had a 30 year mortgage and didn't really want to leave my home. So right. I had to uh, force myself to educate myself. And, and here we are, you know, gosh, I feel so old 17 years later. <laughs> uh, been investigating the paranormal now for a little over 15 years and, mm-hmm. and uh, love to help families and love even more that the paranormal has given me uh, the platform that it has to, uh, you know, create such a successful fundraising effort for uh, shelter animals. That's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your charity, Tim. 
Uh, I got to go back to 2006 for that one too. <laughs> I, I just bought the home and, and I wanted to get a dog mm-hmm. my entire life. I had dogs growing up and, and I wanted them in my adult life, but I had always lived in apartments and duplexes and never really had room or was allowed to have a dog. So uh, the first thing I wanted to do when I got this home was, was get myself a dog. And when I moved in here, there were some circumstances personally where I was not doing well um, Mm -hmm. mentally. I was suffering a lot from depression and, uh, and seeing all these paranormal things happening in my home was not helping my, my mental state by any means. So uh, I, I looked up Yellow Labs on on uh, PetFinder.com because uh, I wanted a Yellow Lab. I had my heart set on it, and uh, I found a Lab Pitbull mix. And at the at the t- at the time, his name was Striker. Mm-hmm. Now the the story on Striker was that he was rescued from the home by the shelter. Uh, they had found out that he was being beaten so badly that they had to go into the home and get him. Oh. Uh, he was uh, six months old, and whoever had him before me. Uh, try to tear his tail off his entire life. He couldn't wag his tail. Mm-hmm. Um, I convinced the shelter to let me come see him, even though they kept telling me that a man had done this to him and he was afraid of men. Mm-hmm. Um, they allowed me to come and see him. And I remember them letting him out of the kennel and him going the wrong way. And it was, it was classic Murray. I, I would change his name to Murray. I didn't think striker was pro- appropriate for a, mm-hmm. a puppy and beaten. So I wanted to find a gentle name and I settled on Murray. And the first time I met Murray, he went the wrong way. And as I as I got to know Murray, I realized that there weren't many things that either one of us did the first time that we did right. Mm-hmm. So we shared that in common. But um, they turned him around and this little puppy that wasn't supposed to want anything to do with me uh, came running to me and jumped into my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and from on that moment on, he was he was my best friend. But. Uh, the bond grew closer in early 2007 as my depression got the best of me. Mm-hmm. I sat in a bathroom with the largest knife I had in my house. And I went through each family member and each friend and one by one came up with an, an excuse as to why it would be okay if I wasn't here anymore. And as I was about to do the unthinkable, I felt something on my left arm and I looked down and it was Murray. And uh, I instantly dropped to the floor. And I hugged him and I thought to myself, if something happens to me, what happens to him? Right. Uh, from that moment on, he and I were father and son. Uh, there was no more dog and owner. There was no uh, master. There was none of that. It was father and son. And it was that way for 13 years. Um, I lived every day to thank him, uh, to honor him. And as I became more well-known in the paranormal field, um, I had gotten some some time on a television show called Paranormal Witness. Mm-hmm. And that kind of launched everything. Uh, all of a sudden, I was known to the paranormal community and I was getting invited to events, speaking. And, and they give you a table there and they tell you, hey, you can sell anything you want here. And I didn't have anything at the time. And I thought, well, let's use this space for some good. So my wife at the time uh, was a photographer and she took photos of Murray and I. And uh, the deal was he would photograph them, meaning we would get a stamp of his paw made and he would photograph the photos and I would personalize them and we'd sell them for $10. And the first event we did, we, we raised $10. We sold one picture. Um, so very humble beginnings. There really were not any um, expectations that came with photographs for pooches. I just wanted to be able to 
uh, create a legacy for him and have people understand just how special he was and what he did for me. And, and hopefully we could do something for shelter animals. Um, the, uh, the events would grow. I would eventually be talked into doing exclusive, exclusive events by John Cassidy. And the first exclusive event we did, we raised $741. Now I was on top of the world. That's wonderful. Uh, but here we are almost 10 years later. We started April 18th, 2013. Uh, here we are almost 10 years later. And last weekend, we raised $11,000 for a shelter in Michigan. And our total for almost 10 years is 111000 plus. So uh, the legacy has been set. Uh, people will remember him uh, for as long as I'm here. Uh, unfortunately, Murray did pass away in 2019. I got 13 wonderful years with him. And as I was taking him into the vet, I reminded him that my dad would be waiting for him on the other side. And I told him, uh, you better let me know you have grandpa. Otherwise, I'm coming to get you. And that sounds just like it. I mean it to sound. I, I didn't want to be here without him. And the thought of him being alone was terrifying to me. Um, and that next morning, I had messages from five separate meetings. And every message started with the same sentence. And it said, Murray needs his dad to know that he's okay. And uh, he held up his end of the bargain. So here we are. We keep pushing forward. And uh, Potagras Rapuches just continues to grow. And I can't wait to bring uh, what we do to Fort Wayne Paracon. I think it will be wonderful. I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm a big, big animal person. I love my animals. Yes. <laughs> I ran into Dee Dee yesterday. Actually, I had no idea you were on the side of town. We were in the same mire. And I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> I know you. And we were talking a little bit about our animals. Um, and mine is blurred behind me, but she likes to walk around on the couch behind me. So maybe I'll unblur and you guys can see Sadie here, here and there. Um but no, I, Tim, every time you tell that story, I don't know if you look at me, but I keep doing this because I get chills every time I hear the story. It never loses. And when I talk about your story, I get chills. It just never loses the impact of what you're doing and and how many animals you're helping. But And I think I talked to Dee Dee, I talked to you about this, but you're help, helping animal, helping people help animals help people. <laughs> because you saved Murray, he saved you, you saved each other. And so rescuing an animal, you may unknowingly be rescuing yourself. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful way to look at it as well. And, and another way to get through to people who might be in an impossible situation or be thinking that there isn't a better way or, or more for them. So I really love that story. And you know, in talking to Humane Fort Wayne here in town, um, they're going to do an adoption weekend at our event. So that's really cool. We set, we got everything signed up for that. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what we can do beyond that. So Fort Wayne Paracon is a one weekend event, but I want it to be more of, you know, kind of like Tim, not to the extent that Tim is doing, because I don't think I could pull off what you're pulling off, but what can we do to give back to our community? Like what can we do behind the scenes in between these things to, to help and to further the causes that we care about so much. So sorry, that got be got to be a long winded Kathy spiel about Tim. Um, 
but no, I mean, I get chills every time you tell that story and I just thank you for, for being open and, and being willing to share it with us. It was, uh, it was strange when I started to tell the story. I, I remember, uh, the first event where I actually opened up and talked about my suicide attempt and, and, uh, you know, opened up because it is very private. It is very, um, you feel very vulnerable <laughs> telling that story and just the response you know, from the people there. I, I didn't know that I would have that kind of response. I think I was pretty naive um, that telling my story would affect people the way it did. And um, just being able to raise that money for folks and then meeting people, you know, along the way that needed to hear the story and them coming up to me and telling me that, you know, their cat was their Murray or, you know, they had a, they had their, their daughter's cat when she passed away and that's what keeps them going on. There, there's been so many and I don't take any of that lightly because, uh, you know, that's those folks opening up to me and telling me their story. And I, I love the fact that they feel comfortable enough with me to tell me their story. But you know, we, we were together last weekend in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan for the event. And it was incredible how many people wanted to give me so much credit. I just kept, I just kept telling everybody, I'm like, this is Murray's event. Like, it's his deal. Um, I've said so many times, I'm just a human that gets to tell his story. And uh, I'll always take second place to him. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where if it was a human that saved your life, you know, you would spend the rest of that time thanking them for giving you a second chance. And, and it's the same for me. Um, he's not here anymore, but everything I do is because he came into that room that night and, you know, 17 years ago or 16 years ago, sorry, if he wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't be here now. None of this would be happening. I'm sure some other guy would have started raising money for something, but, uh, there would be no potographs or pooches, but, and I wouldn't know all the wonderful people that I do. So it's, it's been an incredible journey. It's an, been an incredible ride and and I'm still uncomfortable taking any credit for it just because it seems so weird. Um, I get a lot of compliments and praise from people. And, you know, I'm the same guy that, you know, just sits on the couch and watches a baseball game. I'm pretty normal. Uh, I, I get to do some fun things though. You know, I, I get to do some amazing <laughs> things and I just try to keep it in perspective because I never want to, first of all, I never want to make this about me. Uh, that's very important to me. I, I never want to make this about me. This is Murray's thing. That's why everything is hashtag Murray's legacy. Um, this is about making people remember how special he was and, you know, the reach that he has and what he's done for the, for the, uh, for the animal shelter community and $111,000 um, is a pretty big number to wrap your mind around when you didn't have any expectations. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough for me even to uh, put that into words. I think it's important to remember animals are such natural healers. Um, often I hear people say animals, you know, aren't like us. They don't have the same feelings. I always totally disagree with that. Um, when I look at my animals, when I feel them and like you, Tim, experienced when you feel sad down, they are right there. They they don't leave your side. They know. They know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty incredible. I, I've had some health issues here the last. Gosh, if I'm being honest, I've, I've had health issues for about two and a half years, but uh, the last uh, five or six months hasn't been real kind to me with uh, diabetic stuff. But mm -hmm. um, my pup now, Ray, you know, she's a three year old. She's rambunctious. 
Um, I got her because the shelter I worked with in Wisconsin found out that Marie passed away and they were getting pit lab puppies uh, delivered. And they told (laughs) me that I could pick any, any puppy I wanted. And she had the exact same markings of Marie. Um, You know, she's three years old. She's, she's rambunctious. She's unruly sometimes. Mm. Um, (laughs) When I'm having a bad day, she curls up right next to me and she sleeps. And she's been my rock. And uh, I don't know what I'd do without that little girl. Yeah. They're so important part of our lives, aren't they? Oh, for sure. It's just for me, I've gone very few periods in my life without having a dog in it. And I I remember the longest period I went was in between um, our dog, Reggie, who had, of all things, a brain tumor. I'm the kind of person that always thinks the worst and is always like, the sky is falling. So I was like, you know what? Not this time. I'm sure it's just a like ear infection. No, this time it was a tumor. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe I should always think the sky is falling. But in between getting him and Buddy, I mean, I was just sitting on my couch holding a stuffed animal and petting it. <laughs> and I know for months, and my husband is finally like, oh my gosh, we need to get you something living to pet. You are just <laughs> lost. I am lost because... I need, I need someone to be caring for and to have that energy that they bring a certain type of energy to your life, any pet that is, it's just not a home without it. You know, it's kind of like moving out on your own without animals. You need an animal because you need that energy to keep your energy going, I guess, for lack of better term. I can't function without dog energy. That's what I learned. Not a pretty sight. (laughs) I have to have bird energy, cat energy, and dog energy. <laughs> I'm lost without a cat, you, well, too. I, I have to have a cat. have cat energy, too. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I Both, moved into right, this Tim? house. I, I do have a cat. He just doesn't get any publicity. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's his name, Tim? His name is Bo. Hi, Bo. <laughs> I actually, I actually got him after my divorce because Murray was having separation anxiety because my, my ex-wife took our other dog Aww. and uh, I was worried about Murray and I thought maybe he needed somebody there with him during the day. And Bo was actually perfect choice. He was a great friend for Murray. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm here with, with Bo and he, now he has, you know, Ray and Daisy. He's got two uh-huh. dog friends and, uh, it works because Bo thinks he's a dog because I've never really been a cat guy. So, uh, but it, it works because Bo was pretty sure he's a dog, but he, he's a wonderful cat. I tell you what, when we first moved into our 1938 bungalow in Fort Wayne, we were painting and I saw this black and white cat. As clear as day walking around an empty house. I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> My husband turns around and he goes, Uh-oh. <laughs> did you see that cat? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, it just walked through a wall. <laughs> we have a ghost kitty that oh plays goodness. with my pixel. Yeah. Oh, it is hilarious. And I'm not, we're not the only people that have seen it. When people come over, they're like, do you have another cat? I'm like, no, I only have one. I only have pixel. So it's really pixel, funny. That's cute. <laughs> It it is so funny because she'll be playing back and forth, and I know I know who she's playing with. 
And I like that for our pets that they they see they experience things that we don't. Most mm-hmm. of us don't um, or can't, Absolutely. and it's not scary to them. So that's yeah. something to take note of. It's not scary for them because it's normal to them. If my and animals are scared, it's scary. I'm scared. Well, that's different, but yeah. <laughs> Sadie, she's just protective. So whether it's a person or anything else, she's definitely going to have hackles that protect you, mama. doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> well, if you had so a bird, they'd just talk thing, about it. <laughs> yes, I know. And it's funny. Um, I know someone who has a bird that talks and repeats things. And some of the things she says that that bird says, it's like, oops, who said that around my bird? <laughs> like, mm. Watch what you say around my bird. But that would be, I had a parakeet that said pretty bird. That's just, that's the extent of it for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't let mine cuss. I, I nip that in the butt because what happens is if something happens to you, like I have an Amazon and they live for a very long time, um, they're less adoptable once they cuss. Oh, a lot of people don't well, find that funny. I would adopt one, but well, no, but that would, that always well, worries me. I'm like, don't say that around the bird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. It's like, and kids are hard too. You got to break the kids of it. Too. Yeah. Or I might not be able to adopt mine out. I mean, if something happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm talking <laughs> about my Wait a minute. child. <laughs> <laughs> He's awful you know, cute, Kathy. Keep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'll keep them. Yeah. The poor kid acts just like his mother, though. So we're going to have to figure out how to tame him for the rest of the world. But uh, you'll do good. a great job. <laughs> he's, he's adorable <laughs> from what I've seen. Thank you. So, Tim. So, um, Tim, also, one thing that I, I always like to hear about is that you also founded a paranormal society. So in addition to all of these other things that you do, in your spare time, you help families who have questions or they don't know what's going on in their home and they need someone to help them get to the bottom of it or figure out what to do about it. Um, I like to tell that because you're just helping, you're helping animals, you're helping people. You have an integrity and intent that resonates with me that you're not out there trying, trying, like you said, to be all about you. You're out there genuinely trying to help people and make a difference for people. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your society that you founded and what you do to help people? Well, when I was first having the activity in the home, um, I did try to contact four teams in the state of Wisconsin and that was back in 2006. So if you did that back then, you found maybe a dozen teams. (laughs) If you look paranormal teams up in Wisconsin now or any other state, you're going to find hundreds. Um, and none of those folks got back to me. So it really came down to, I need to educate myself. So I I spent about a year and I just buried myself in documentaries and books and tried to learn as much as I could about what was happening in my home. Uh, Not so much. Can we help other people at that time? It was, it was kind of a survival thing of, you know, I I can't lose this home and I can't be forced out of the home. Um, Early 2008, I looked at a friend and I said, "I, I think maybe I need to start a team got to be other people out there that are looking for help and aren't getting answers. And that's really where Fox City's paranormal team came from. Um, we've been blessed. I mean, when I, when I got into the paranormal field, I was surrounded by the right people, you know, the right people to tell me how to do things, not the right way, 
Um, because I don't think there's a right way. I mean, there's definitely a wrong way. I mean, I've seen that many times, but uh, I don't think there's you any, and I agree on that. There, there's no cookie cutter approach to how you do this. Sure. Um, but I was surrounded by the right people that taught me well and really made it about residential investigations and our clients and, and trying to find them comfort. And then eventually I learned, hey, we're also here for the spirit. You know, so it's the comfort of the client and the spirit. And in 2000, well, like I said, in 2013, we were recognized. And one of our cases was was uh, was shown on Paranormal Witness, and, and the whole the entire paranormal world opened up to us. But um, yeah, we we've done 300 plus residential investigations now. Um, you know, I get asked a lot of times, how many of these do you do a year? It really comes down to how many times we're contacted. I, I don't go around looking for cases anymore. I figure that the cases that we need will come to us. They'll find us. And, and we typically do about seven or eight a year, uh, which for me is fine because I'm on the road a lot now with photographs. So, um, you know, it's a happy balance. And then you try to find a real life in there somewhere. Um, so I, I love doing these shows and then people list the things that I do and have done. And I realize, oh my God, where do I have time for all this? Uh, <laughs> which probably, probably explains why I don't have much of a personal life, but, um, but it's a, it's a labor of love. I mean, I love the paranormal field. I've often said that, uh, the paranormal field has given me that platform to make photographs for pooches a success. And the paranormal field has given me far more than I could ever give it back. Um, that's why I want to be one of those folks that people look at and go, Hey, he's one of the, the good guys in the, uh, in the field, because I, I don't want to do anything to uh, put a bad stain on, on the paranormal field. Uh, at the end of this, when I'm all done and I, I stop doing residential investigations, I hope someday somebody looks back and goes, yeah, that guy and his team are pretty darn good. Awesome. I like to hear that. Tim, what is the investigation that has affected you the most? I think the one that changed me the most was the one that ended up on Paranormal Witness. And we were only two years into doing this, so really green. And and if I'm being honest, um, I look back at it now and like it scares the heck out of me because <laughs> there are so many things we could have done wrong on that investigation. Sure. And luckily we got things right. Um, we worked on this case for two years and finally met somebody that I trusted that was a medium and he came in and put the rest of the puzzle together for us. But it was, uh, it was a case of a, a two-year-old boy that had been, that had been uh, unfortunately molested and murdered by his foster father mm -hmm. uh, back in 1967. Awful. The family had just moved into the home in 2010 and had all of these things happening. They were seeing this little boy in the home. They were seeing the older man. Um, one of their teenage boys was being pulled out of the bed by his ankles. Wow. And it was, it's one of those things where you're two years into this, you're really not ready for that. Yeah. Um, but but uh, you don't know that at the time, like that's the, like when you're starting out, you don't know what you don't know yet. So you go forward full steam. <laughs> yeah. And we did. We, if you're like me, uh, we, we did our very best. And, and just, uh, like I said, it, Things could have gone wrong, but they didn't. There was a there was a time in there where I kind of felt like I was letting the family down because we weren't getting many answers. Uh, and then when we were able to put it all together, I mean, it was it was a beautiful thing. And and uh, I worked with Scotty Rorick on that case, and 
It was the first time I'd experienced transmediumship mm-hmm. and had an opportunity to talk to this little boy. And uh, just a really beautiful final investigation where we helped this little boy move on. Uh, I would love to tell you how we did that. I just don't know. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was one of those things where I, I kind of, uh, it was all a blur. And at, at the end of it, you know, when we were finished, I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really even remember the process, you know, and I joke around with Scotty about that when I see him to this day. It's like, I don't remember any of that. And uh, it's frustrating, but I know we got the job done because I'm still friends with that family. As a matter of fact, they just put that house up for sale. And if I had money for it, I'd probably buy it. But um, they just put that house up for sale. So I've known them. We finished our our investigation in that home in 2012. So we've all known each other for 13 years and they haven't had another thing happen in that home. Um, but the reason I would buy that place if I could, is because it has so much history for me. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's where we became a team and, and that investigation changed me as a person. You know, it made me worry about something other than myself, because I'll be honest with you, if you knew me in my early to mid twenties, um, I didn't. You know, I was, I was a pretty mm-hmm. selfish young guy, um, you know, and, and Murray gets credit for that too. I mean, he made me a better person too, but uh, that case changed me as an investigator. And by the end of that investigation or that set of investigations, I realized that we had a chance and opportunity to really help a spirit too. And uh, that's been important to me since that day that we also, you know, take the needs of the spirit into account. So it was, uh, it was a life-changing investigation. After that investigation was finished, uh, we actually had the opportunity to meet Chris's real life sister uh, because she came to the home on his, on the anniversary of his death. Wow. She was in the foster home with him and she came to the home on the anniversary of his death and, and the family went out to see if she was okay. And then the family said, well, you're going to want to hear this. And I was terrified to oh. talk to her because the paranormal field, like, or paranormal in general, you either love it or you hate it. You don't usually get any in between. So uh, I didn't know what her feelings were on this. So when when she called me, the I said the only thing that came to my mind. And I said, hi, my name is Tim. I love your brother like he was my own. And And I did. You know, this little two-year-old boy, two-year-old boy consumed my my thoughts and my life for two years because I wanted to help him so badly. Right. Um, and it was uh, it was that case that really changed me, you know, not only as an investigator, as a person, but it also, you know, the team became legitimate in the eyes of other. You know, I I, I always thought we were pretty decent at what we did. Um, but the rest of the field went, Hey, wait a minute, you know, they're okay. And to this day now, you know, if there's a big case in Wisconsin, usually it ends up coming across my computer because somebody will say, Hey, we can't handle this. And and that's fine. I, I love the fact that we get referrals for cases that are, you know, more than others might be able to handle, you know, that tells me that, you know, we've earned that spot and people believe in us. And that's just, uh, it's kind of a, feather in the cap for this team and i know the rest of the team is pretty darn proud of that too and i i've gotten this far into this interview and i haven't mentioned todd arnold which is weird um but todd, <laughs> todd's been investigating the paranormal with me with this we won't tell him since day one Bye. um todd is just as big a part of this team as i am so um 
And plus he keeps me sane. He's, he's the only person that can look me in the eye and go, Tim, you're wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm serious with that. Like I am very stubborn, but I've been looking at me and go, Tim, you're wrong on this one. And like, I'll just look him in and I know he's being truthful, you know, and his, his opinion is so important to me that, you know, I've never once looked at him and gone, get out of my face. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you may not have liked it, but you know, he's right. <laughs> yeah. He's, a, he's an incredible human being an incredible investigator and, and uh, just lucky to have him not only on the team, but in my life, he's like a brother. It's important that we have a friend that's always there like that for us. Yeah, absolutely. And in, and in this kind of, in this field, someone that you trust implicitly, someone that has your back, but someone that you also know, you know, when you go, when you're going somewhere that you're representing each other exactly how you would want each other represented. And I think that's important. Um, like you said, people really didn't know much about who we were and what we did, but once we showed what we're all about and our integrity and we do know what we're doing, but and to your point, there's more depth to it. We're helping people. We're helping spirit. And, and that's what it is at the end of it. Like, that's why I do what I do. Other people do it for other reasons. And that's, that's fine. Um, but I really resonate with, with that. Um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting that it, that it, um, he can say that to you because I know you are stubborn, <laughs> but I know Todd <laughs> and he's a good guy. I haven't even and met you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stubborn too, Tim, but so I appreciate stubbornness in others. Well, I think it's it's a good <laughs> good thing to hear that what you're doing is trying to help the people that are out of body. Um mm-hmm. there's so many people that sometimes they like to antagonize and and you know what what people don't understand and these are people without meat suits. They need meat to be suits. heard. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I've heard there are people, just people you can't see, but I think I'm, I like that better. People without meat suits. Yep. I like that better. <laughs> and they need our help. I mean, yeah. And if you can help one person cross over or one person be at peace, that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. Agreed. So Tim, how many dogs are are you willing to take in? Uh, my limit is two. Two. <laughs> um, uh, the reason being is because my my mother is the one that watches my dogs when I'm out of town. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't trust taking my dogs to a, a kennel or a boarding place. Um, so mom has been nice enough to set aside a few weekends out of the year where she'll watch my my girls for me. Uh, she also watched Ray or she also watched Murray, um, and Molly, uh, my two previous, um, my two previous, um, children, as I like to say, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just don't trust anybody else with my dog. So, um, I have two, my mom right now has two dogs and five cats. She's an animal lover. It's where I get it from. And, uh, <laughs> So she puts up with four dogs and five cats while I'm gone on the weekend. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to make it five and five. Um, so two is good enough for me. Although every time I go to a shelter, like this past weekend, uh, we went yeah. to uh, Humane Society of Huron Valley. And uh, I 
don't remember crying that much at a at a shelter before. And and luckily, everyone was taking pictures of me. So those are all over the place. <laughs> but um, it was just very emotional sitting next to some of these these kennels and like oh. just looking into their eyes and like just seeing like the hope. Like I almost felt bad because they're looking at me like, are you taking me home? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know. Um, Hard. But we do our best to get them all adopted out. And, uh, you know, the the person that was representing the shelter, Laura, she was she was beyond words at the end of the event. because She wasn't expecting that kind of a donation. So um, the money will go to good use. Um, hopefully we'll hear stories that these animals have been adopted out the the this humane society itself adopts out 5000 animals per year which is amazing i love them the beautiful facility um just really yeah. proud that we were able to raise money for them cuz i know it's going to a good place and they're doing the right thing and i luckily he invited me to come along and i appreciate you allowing me to tag along um but it was a great experience and to tim's point you know that the money is going to a place that's going to be used in the right way. When you go in, you see the animals and how well they're taking care of there. Um, and that's one of my big things is yeah, I want to see the conditions they're in. Um, and just, it, it kind of helps, it helps you feel like they're not only going to be adopted out. They're also living a good life where they are. They're being taken care of. They're being loved. They just need their forever home. It's not in a kennel. It's not in a kennel. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a kennel, but it was very nice. Um, and the animals, there was one dog that had a cone and you could tell, I think it had gotten in a fight maybe with another dog or another dog attacked it. Something has happened, but right. just looking in this dog's eyes. Yes. I think everyone who walked by that one was in tears. It's just, you don't want to know what happened. But at the same time, your heart, a little piece of your heart stays behind with them. Um, there's just so much depth in those eyes when you look into them. And frankly, and I'm I'm uh, that person that when I see a dog, like my whole world, just like whatever, doesn't matter. I, I want to pet that dog. So my hands are like in these cages as far as I can get them. And I'm trying to hug the dog through the cages. And I even had a um, an estate ring that I broke. <laughs> it was like an art deco vintage <laughs> ring that worth money that I stuck my hand in there and broke the thing and didn't even care. Cause it's like, I'm in where I'm supposed to be. I'm able to pet the dog. I'll worry about the ring later. It's cutting off my circulation. Cause I just, it's hurting, but it was just worth it. It's just worth it to see any type of solace you can give them for any period of time. And it was an, it was a very enriching experience to be able to go in and witness it. And they have something called, a love train. Is that the right term, Tim? I, I keep wanting to call it like a love, like a puppy train, but it's called love train, like the love shack only with puppies. <laughs> and they have, they bring, they bring area puppies from other counties. If I, if I'm recalling her correctly, um, to help them adopt through their facility and there are no kill shelters. So, um, every month or so they bring in, I think she said 40 to 50 puppies, which is sounds like a ton. Um, but we didn't see a whole bunch left. So that is definitely an area where um, adoption is embraced. And you can tell because of how many come through there and how many get adopted out. Um, so very rewarding. And thank you, Tim, for allowing me to be part of that experience. I, I was happy that folks were able to join us 
for that tour because it gives everybody an idea of what we're doing that week. And it's, yeah. it's different. The, the, podcast events, the exclusive events that we do are, are different from the other events I'm able to join uh, where the exclusive events are all about photographs and all about raising money for the shelters. And then when I go to events um, like Fort Wayne Paracon, you know, I, I'm there and I'm there with, you know, 10, 12 other speakers, plus all the vendors. So it really becomes, you know, let's do the best we can because everybody's there to sell their things and their wares. And, um, but uh, it's exciting for me to get to new areas and spread the message of Potagrass for Pooches and just get to meet new people along the way. And who knows, maybe one day we got our own exclusive event in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, I would love that. Tim, I have a question for you. I would love to do that. Are you an sure. an, are you an animal empath? Uh, I would like to think I am. Um, it, it's like with everything else. I, I mean, I have some abilities when it comes to the paranormal with with mediumship, but it is so random and I can't control it <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I never claim to be anything other than a paranormal investigator. Um, as far as animal empath, I've always connected with animals uh, i feel like i can go into any situation you know if uh if, if somebody tells me don't go by that dog because it's mean well i'm gonna go by that dog <laughs> oh of course <laughs> um, you know, because, because nobody else is talking to that dog nobody else is giving that dog attention and i want that dog to know that there are folks out there that love it unconditionally um i years ago i was at the uh a little over three years ago now I was at the vet and I was actually picking up Murray's ashes. And while I was there, I noticed my, my uh, neighbor was there with a lady and they had an older dog and the lady was crying. And I walked over, I walked over and and asked if I could give this dog a hug. And uh, she said, yeah, you you can give her a hug. We were here to put her down today. And I knelt down and I just, grabbed her and hugged her and told her that I loved her because you know it was just one of those things where she deserved she deserved to know that there are people out there that don't even know her that love her and um, my neighbor thanked me so much for that and then she told me that her friend was so relieved um, and knew she was making the right decision and, and I always applaud people that go with their animals oh, um, absolutely the last thing your animal wants to see is a stranger when that's happening. Absolutely. Um, so don't ever say, I can't bear to watch this. Um, oh. Think about them and how they can't bear to leave this earth without you. Yeah. That is I, responsibility a, of the owner. Absolutely. And as a pet parent, I can't imagine why you wouldn't want be holding your animal, doing whatever you can to spend every shred of last moment supporting and loving them and looking into their eyes and just, I mean, yes, it's the hardest. I've been through a lot of things, but it remains, saying goodbye to my dogs remains the hardest thing that I've ever done, including losing human family. Um, Because you're... (laughs) I guess you're responsible. It's always how I, I always feel the guilt of the responsibility of doing it. But at the same time, I, I would never not, I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear the idea of them not thinking I, I want to be with them because they know I, 
they know and they tell you they have their way of telling you when it's time but to your point I don't I just don't I can't fathom it and as a mom mom like it's the same way like your your child falls down and their arm is broken you want to be with them and comfort them don't you well you would think and it's the same thing with your pet like you you yes it's hard for you and it's going to be one of the hardest things you ever do in your entire life but you do it because it's you you would regret not doing it in my opinion if you're me but we're, we're, we're two different people because if i see a child fall down and they break their arm i'm laughing <laughs> Um, <laughs> it depends. Like if it's, wow. it depends on how it happened. If it's parkour kind of stuff, then I might laugh. Yeah. So, but, so, so what are some things about Tim that you might not like? I hate children. That's one of the things. That, um, <laughs> wow, I, I cannot. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, before you go thinking this guy's a saint, um, I love going through YouTube and watching videos of children falling down. Um, I could do that in half hours. So, um, yeah, that's you tolerated mine well. I I, said you tolerated mine well. Yeah, that's the best I can do. I can tolerate, and uh, (laughs) and and then I need to get good. Yeah, and he really likes you, by the way. He still talks about you to this day. So you did a good job. I'll I'll say this: (laughs) kids absolutely love me. They really do. I've dealt with so many kids' spirits. Uh, while I'm doing, while I've been doing paranormal investigation, it's like, they just know that I don't like them. And they're like, well, let's go make friends with this guy. Um, That's how it always is. It's like cats, you know, people are allergic to them. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't, before people think, oh God, this really guy really is a jerk. I don't wish harm on them, but if it happens, I'll laugh. Um, You know, I'm I'm not the guy that's going to push the kid down, but if the kid gets pushed down, I'll laugh at it. Um, it's like yeah, funny home videos or something. It's just funny. Yeah. Like I, I have a good buddy. They're not mortally injured. Yeah, a good buddy of mine in, in town here, his name is Tony. He's got two two kids. And whenever I'm over there, he'll look at he'll look at his two daughters and he'll say, You guys are lucky because Tim doesn't like kids, but he tolerates you. So, <laughs> so be quiet. Um, <laughs> they they love me. And and if I'm being honest, I love them too, because they're my best friend's kids. So uh you know, I just don't want to, I, I told them if anything happens to you, don't you dare give them to me because uh, I don't want them. <laughs> you you like selective children. Yeah. Mostly it's the parents that I don't like so much. Oh, that's, um, yeah, I can see that. I, I agree with you. Because the kids would be doing things that I'm just like, okay, is anybody going to tell them no? Is anybody yes. going to tell them? Yeah, then, sometimes it's the parents. Right. Yeah, after a while, it's just like, okay, well, I just need to get away from this situation. But that's enough of my rants on children. Um, <laughs> that's why we have animals, so Tim. I was raised, <laughs> yes, my dad was born in 1932. And so, yeah, I grew up in the, you spoke when spoken to when you're a child around adults. And so I grew up very strict and none of my friends grew up that way. So that was difficult, but while I'm not as strict as my parents, you, you Sadie. <laughs> I, I, I think Sadie's tearing apart a pillow of yours. <laughs> oh, go, Sadie. She knows I'm doing something else and it's making her mad because she's like, Mom, mom. And so if she if she were a bird that could talk, she'd be going, Mom, mom. <laughs> no, she's if she were a kid, my kid's playing Fortnite. That's why he's quiet. But this one's tearing stuff up. Because that's what she does. You get your attention. But you know what? Luckily, it's her own little place mat for her water dish. So okay. joke on her. <laughs> I'm going to have to clean up. She won't have her water dish until like, I'm finished cleaning it up. But <laughs> but yes. So children, yes. I 
um, I'm probably more strict than most as well. So I know it's funny story about my mom, Dee Dee, you haven't met her. <laughs> you yeah. met my mom. <laughs> and so he, he gets Pam, like you, you got to speak her language. And I always say, I speak Pam. So you just get used to her and we're <laughs> Disney fans, Disney world fans. And before I even had kids, I mean, my mom and I were still taking trips to Disney world That's awesome. together. It was like, we're those people as adults. And I remember it was the end of a long night and we were tired. You know how it is. And you've waited to get on the bus because the fireworks were over. You're just tired and cranky. It's been a long day at the Magic Kingdom. So we're all sitting on the bus. Well, some of us are standing. Mom is sitting, thankfully. And I remember this kid is just throwing a tantrum, just screaming, crying. Of course, the kid's tired too. They're miserable. But I don't remember how long it went on, but my mom looked around. She goes, someone smack that kid and shut him up or I'm going to do it for you. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so this guy stands up and he looks at her and he says, where are you from? And she said, she looks him up and she's all five foot one. She looks him up and down and says, Indiana, where are you from? He goes, Missouri. We beat our kids too. (laughs) It was just the funniest thing. Like everybody just started laughing. Tense situation over, but my mom just does not have patience (laughs) for kids, period. And so my kid has to be very well behaved. She spoiled him, but he understands like, you know, he has his moments, but we put him in his place if he needs to learn that, you know, when and where to be loud and when and where to do certain things. So don't feel bad to him. Like, yeah, that's why my kid's probably tolerable because we do beat him sometimes. Beat him. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, should I? No, we don't beat our children. Yes, especially right. since this is going to be audio and the people can't see that you're smiling when you say it. <laughs> I was like, um. Well, I, you're going to have us on video, right, Dee Dee? <laughs> no, I only do um, Twilight Tonic. Paranormal is not video. We are That's an audio podcast. Right. Well, I videotaped it just in case. <laughs> so they can see that I'm not malicious. Like, I'm not it's very important to Kathy children. that you speak her face. <laughs> I, I, just well, so everybody knows, Kathy does like, not beat her children. <laughs> no. When I, used to, I did a radio show for 10 years and it was nice because it was all audio. And, you know, from on occasion, you end up with a with a guest that you're just not really, really fond of. And when you don't see them, then you can roll your eyes all you want. Um, it's one of the reasons I don't do shows now, because I would just be rolling my eyes half the time. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. oh, wow. <laughs> I only do my one patient, live show. Because... Is zero. I do one live show because I don't like to draw in my eyebrows, but once a week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Fort Wayne Paracon, we are really excited to have you, Mr. Tim. Um, I feel like, to your point, I'm just so proud of this event because I've, I, I have hand-selected myself, the people who are speaking. We are putting vendors through an application process to make sure we don't have, you know, five different crystal vendors and and 25 mediums, we want to make sure it's a really good quality event for everyone, including the vendors, including the people coming to see the vendors. We want there to be variety and um, opportunities for everyone. Um, But for me, in my heart, I want to share, I guess, with Fort Wayne and, and who, however far people come to see it, the integrity behind the individuals um, that are doing what they do. Um, 
the reasons we do what we do. And it's the reasons are different for everybody. And I think that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating to hear from Tim how he got started and why he continues to do mm-hmm. it and where it led him. I like hearing, um, you know, from Dustin Perry, how he starts doing motivational speaking and he wants to help people who are in tough situations. Everybody has their own path and their own theories. And we're going to have a parapsychologist there that's going to talk about his theories that are even different and maybe more um, academic and scientific. And I just think bringing all these minds together in one place is a powerful thing. Um, And I think it's, I'm just stoked and I'm really excited to share it with everyone. And, and while everyone may not be quite as enthusiastic as me, it's only because you don't know what you're in for yet. It's going to be awesome um, with people like him. So well, I'm going to be there, uh, definitely. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> yeah, you better be. <laughs> Front and center. You live here. You're, you're definitely coming. Um, Listen to me. And now I'm dictating. Now I'm not only telling people to fund my eyebrow fund, but I'm like, you will be here and you will be here <laughs> whether you like it or not. No, I'm kidding. I'll be the quiet one but with the shaved him. side of the head and with painted <laughs> eyebrows on. <laughs> Painted eyebrows on. Oh, us girls in our eyebrows. Tim, thank you. Thank you again so much. I know um, you've told your story probably what feels like a million times. And I every time I hear it, and I've heard it several, it's moving. And so I want you to I want you to realize that it does have continue to have impact on people. For you, it's probably repetitive, but your story has a lot of meaning behind it and it has it gives people hope, but it also helps shed light on on a cause that you're not only saving the shelter animal, they're saving you. Exactly. And that to me is really powerful. So thank you for sharing it with us again. Thank you. Tim, I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Um, and I will make sure you can share anything on my page when it comes to your charity. Please do. I, I would love that. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Um, Kathy, thank you for being my co-host tonight. That was a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. It was so much fun. It's always fun. So thank you so much. And then next month, I don't know who you're going to bring, but let me know. It's a mystery. Yeah. (laughs) I will let you know. Each of these people she's that we're interviewing (laughs) once a month they're going to be at Fort Wayne Paracon, which is super cool to have an event here. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and of course, Kathy and the folks that are putting it together, they're wonderful peeps. So and come down and meet Tim and donate. Yes. And what's really cool about your donation too, he has merchandise for sale. I, I think you for, we didn't talk about like the other stuff that you have, but, mm-hmm. um, in addition to the potographs that you can get, he also has some really cool shirts, sweatshirts, t-shirts. Um, you can get, I mean, any, I mean, I got a koozie that says potographs on it. So there's so many cool things you can get, um, that feed your inner animal lover. Um, but it also goes to a good cause. So donations are welcome. There's also merchandise for sale. Um, and I, I am getting in trouble buying too much of it. So somebody's going to have to like (laughs) take my credit card because I just keep buying it. Hey Tim, where do they (laughs) get that merch? I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, th- there's actually a uh, link on my my page on Facebook. Uh, if you go to my, my profile, it's uh, it's a pinned um, a pinned link. 
and you can go there. It's our online store. Um, off the top of my head, I should probably know it, but I don't. But here, I can go look. <laughs> and I can send uh, you the link, too. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, made, my, made by... Well, look at this. Uh, MadeByMetShirts.org. Okay. And then just search um, Potographs for Pooches. Um, I've never actually given that that, uh, <laughs> that link out before, so I didn't know it myself. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, the New Hope Center here in Wisconsin. Uh does really good work for me and they package everything up and send it out. So I don't have to, I've also got some things on hand that if you want any of the current inventory, um, you can contact me and I'll let you know, you know, exactly what we have for sweatshirts and things. And I get them sent out right away, but oh, yeah, it's uh, been lucky, had some wonderful things, wonderful items made and, and uh, you know, all proceeds from that stuff still goes to the shelter. So. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That's another thing I love about what you do. All proceeds. You don't keep anything back for yourself other than paying for the raw material. Awesome. I want to thank you both very much. Have a wonderful night, guys. Thanks, Tim, for your wonderful you work. Do. And thanks, Kathy, for being thanks my co-host tonight. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good night.